Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The latest from 7 News with Angela Cox. Good evening and welcome tonight. A twist in the William Tyrrell case the same day police launch a new search for the missing boy. The COVID restrictions changing in several states thanks to vaccine rates. The Royals receive legal advice over a potential lawsuit against Netflix series The Crown. And your first sneak peek of Adele's one-night-only concert. But first, police are taking out an apprehended violence order against William Tyrrell's foster parents on behalf of somebody who can't legally be named. It comes as detectives launch a new search in bushland on the mid-north coast of New South Wales, where the boy was last seen. It's highly likely that we're, we, we, if we found something, it would be a body. Um, we, we are looking for the remains of William Tyrrell, there's no doubt about that. Live to Tom Saker now outside police headquarters in Sydney. Tom, we'll start with this AVO. What can you tell us? Well, Ange, there really isn't much we can tell you for legal reasons other than the fact that police have taken out an apprehended violence order against William Tyrrell's foster parents on behalf of someone we cannot identify. Now, that matter will be heard in Hornsby Court next week. There really isn't much else we can say other than, as you say, this is a major development to occur on a day when police are embarking on yet another search for William Tyrrell. Okay, let's talk about that search. It's been seven years since William Tyrrell disappeared. What has prompted this new search? Well, police say it is a piece of evidence that they've uncovered as part of their latest investigations, that they're acting on advice from, acting on behalf of the coroner, uh, that it's not speculative. Now, the coronal, uh, coronial inquest into William Tyrrell's disappearance uh, concluded in October last year, but police say this particular piece of evidence is leading them in the direction of three specific locations in Kendall, all within one kilometre of where William Tyrrell was last seen at his grandmother's house on Benaroon Drive. Now, police have searched extensively in the bushland surrounding her house. They've also searched other parts of bushland in and around Kendall and nearby Kendall as well in places including uh, Bonnie Heights. Uh, uh, Bonnie Hills, sorry. They've also searched the house of uh, Bill Spedding, local tradie, who was subsequently named as a person of interest and later ruled out. But police say this particular search will be different. It will be of much higher intensity. They'll be drawing on more resources, including hundreds of police officers, in a search that could last weeks. They'll also be drawing on expertise of people outside the police force, including an archaeologist and a water expert, even. I'll be using an excavator and a cadaver dog uh, to find, uh, hopefully find, the remains of William Tyrrell. They've been on subsequent, uh, they've been on several searches uh, and received thousands of tip-offs with this $1 million reward uh, to find William Tyrrell. Nothing has yielded anything uh, so far and hopefully this time is finally it. After seven years since his disappearance, hopefully this search will finally yield some answers for those closest to him, Ange. Yes. Yes, indeed. Okay, thanks so much, Tom Saker. 
Tonight, 8,000 residents of Forbes in the central west of New South Wales are on flood watch, ready to evacuate. Volunteers have spent the day reinforcing homes with sandbags. Recent heavy rain upstream has swollen the Lachlan River with the peak due to hit tomorrow night. A Perth family stranded in the Simpson Desert by flooded roads now face another dangerous challenge with extreme heat forecast in the coming days. Ori and Lindsay Zavros were road tripping around Outback Australia with their two young children when they got bogged and trapped after torrential rain. Police have managed to airdrop supplies and a satellite phone to them. Temperatures are expected to hit the low 40s by Friday. And there are fears tonight for remote Aboriginal communities in the Northern Territory with two COVID cases recorded, throwing the Catherine and Robinson River regions into lockdown for 72 hours. Authorities have so far been unable to link the cases and will be enforcing stay-at-home orders, putting roadblocks in place and initiating a major vaccine drive. An inquest has heard testing delays and staffing issues led to the country's deadliest aged care COVID outbreak. Estelle Greerpink is following the hearing for us from Melbourne. Estelle, the hearing has highlighted critical mistakes at St Basil's Nursing Home. Good evening, Ange. It certainly has. And one of the biggest that was highlighted was the timing issue that they had. There was an eight-day delay between the first positive case being detected and all other staff at St Basil's going and getting tested. We also know that the Victorian Health Department knew of this outbreak days before the Federal Health Department did too. So communication issues were highlighted as well in this inquest into the outbreak that took 50 lives in our second wave of COVID last year. The inquest was also told that Chief Health Officer Brett Sutton had staff furloughed from St Basil because they potentially were exposed to the virus. But doctors said that was a bad idea and what we saw happen was staff come in to replace the ones who were furloughed but they simply couldn't get on top of the problem because the COVID outbreak was already out of control. We also heard from Christine Golding. Her mother was at St Basil's, contracted COVID and sadly passed away and she says that people need to be held accountable for what happened there accountability of the bodies that failed our parents and my mother, whether that's the state government, they're delaying testing, whether that's the federal government, their inability to compile an adequate and capable surge workforce to care for the loved ones. There was some, I'm sure, very qualified nurses and carers, but the outcome of any of, of their surge workforce was, in the end, 50 people died. Now, Anne, she was one of 60 witnesses we're expecting to hear from in this inquest at the Victorian Coroner's Court. It's going to go on for five weeks. OK, thanks so much, Estelle. Now, here's how the nation is tracking in the race to vaccinate. More than 83% of Australians are fully vaccinated. We're around 25 days away from hitting the 90% target. Let's look at the state and territory breakdown. Queensland has passed the 70% double-dose goal. In New South Wales, it's just over 91% of people. The nation's capital is sitting at more than 95%. The rate in Victoria is around 87.5%. More than 82% of Tasmanians have received both doses. 74% of South Australians are fully vaccinated. The Northern Territory has climbed to 70.5% and in Western Australia it's bang on 70%.
Hard border rules in Queensland have eased slightly tonight, allowing fully vaccinated travellers from COVID hotspots into the Sunshine State. Ben Murphy is across the details for us from Brisbane. Ben, you've got to really want to get to Queensland. There are a few hoops to jump through. Evening, Angie. Yeah, that's right. There's a new website which has been launched. It went live at 5pm this evening. It's still live. You have to double check on these government websites on opening day, but it is still live and active and people apply for their new border pass there. There are some conditions though. They must be double vaccinated. They must arrive by air and also have had a negative COVID test within 72 hours before departure. But not everyone will be eligible to home quarantine. For example, you must live in a home that doesn't have any common areas to access the front door. So an apartment building, for instance, that's not going to work because you have to engage with other people to get to your front door. So there's a number of conditions like that which have been placed on this new system. So a number of rules, but for those who've been stranded interstate for several weeks and months, no doubt welcome reprieve there. So Ben, attention now turns to the 80% double dose reopening target. How is the state tracking? Pretty good on the 80% stakes, according to the Premier. She, she suggests that we are on track to hit the target. So the state government said December 17 is when borders will reopen and there won't be a quarantine provision or when the state hits 80%. The Premier today said that we're on track not only to hit that target, that it might actually come back a week earlier, though. She said she didn't want to get people's hopes up. Of course, for tourism operators, many of them would prefer that the border open today. They are losing huge amounts of money every week that tourists are prevented from coming into Queensland. But the Premier is staying firm to that 80% target at this stage. And according to the state government, the sooner people get vaccinated, the sooner those borders can open in earnest. OK, thanks so much, Ben. The South Australian Premier says the state will back away from what he's called a heavy-handed approach to living with COVID ahead of the border reopening. Andrea Nicholas has the details from Adelaide. Andrea, what will be different come next Tuesday? Well, Ange, it's a big change for fully vaccinated South Australians who face the threat of 14 days quarantine just for being in the same shopping centre as someone infected. In fact, in eight days' time, low-risk casual contacts won't even require a COVID test. But working out what kind of contact you are is an absolute minefield. The matrices are quite detailed. Was it in an indoor space? Was it an outdoor space? What was the size uh, of that uh, space? Was there any physical uh, contact? Mask or no mask, if you're unvaccinated and spend just one minute with a COVID case, you're considered a close contact and face 14 days quarantine. Casual contacts who spend less than 15 minutes with a COVID case where both are wearing masks will only have to isolate till they return a negative result. But remove just one of the masks in that scenario and you'll land yourself in the close contact zone. That's normally reserved for at least 15 minutes interaction with someone infected, like sharing the same house or ride. In that case, if you're fully vaccinated, you'll only need to quarantine for seven days. It'll remain 14 for the unvaccinated. 
My strong message to all South Australians is go out and make sure that you have that vaccination. But as always, it's important to read the fine print. The seven-day quarantine promise for the fully vaccinated comes with a catch. Between days 8 and 14, you'll have to avoid all non-essential activities, forget attending concerts or footy games, avoid shared spaces. Sounds a lot like quarantine. And the rules are in for South Australians returning home for Christmas from the east. The unvaccinated need an exemption and require 14 days quarantine. Fully vaccinated people from LGAs with community transmission and less than 80% vaccination will have to isolate for seven days. The message is life will be much easier if you've had a jab. And Thank you, Andrea. In developing news, police in the UK have just confirmed they're treating a deadly blast outside a Liverpool hospital as a terrorist incident. Europe Bureau Chief Hugh Whitfield is live for us from London. Hugh, talk us through what happened. Well, Ange, new video has surfaced just in the last couple of hours of what took place in the driveway of the Women's Hospital in Liverpool. You see this taxi drive up uh, to the uh, front door of the hospital and as it pulls up, an explosion goes off. Shortly after then, the taxi driver appears to get out of the cab and stagger away. But inside the cab uh, was the passenger and police say he was carrying an explosive device that went off. About 30 seconds after that explosion, the taxi is engulfed in flames. Liverpool's mayor says that as the driver got out of the taxi, he locked the doors, trapping the passenger in there. That's unclear from this video, but if that is the case, it is possible that he prevented this bomber getting inside the hospital and causing much more carnage. Uh, the passenger, we are told, was uh, asked the driver to take him to the hospital, but police say the intended target of the bombing is unclear, but there was a remembrance service happening uh, just about a kilometre away at the Liverpool Hospital here in Britain. Remembrance Day is marked on a Sunday and this bomb went off just a minute before 11am when the nation would have paused to remember the war dead. Boris Johnson has spoken in the last little while. He has praised the driver who's been named as David Perry, saying that he showed incredible presence of mind and bravery. Now, he was the only person injured. He's now out of hospital. The passenger carrying the bomb died in the taxi. Remarkably, no one else was injured, but it is clear it could have been so much worse. Our inquiries also indicate that the device was brought into the cab by the passenger. We believe we know the identity of the passenger, but we cannot confirm this. It has been declared a terrorist incident, and counter-terrorism policing are continuing with the investigation. So, Hugh, police have detained some other people. What do we know about the suspects? Yeah, so in the hours after this incident at the hospital, armed police swooped on a number of locations in suburban Liverpool and over the past 24 hours or so, they've arrested four men. A 20-year-old, a 21-year-old, a 26-year-old and a 29-year-old. They haven't been charged with anything yet, but they've been arrested under uh, terrorist uh, legislation. Uh, the assumption is that police say that the bomb was built by the passenger 
and MI5 are now up in Liverpool working with counter-terror police from Manchester who've travelled over uh, to assist local police with what is now very much a terrorist investigation. The intended target, as I say, is unclear, as is the motive. That is clearly something that police are going to be working very hard to try and determine. This has certainly rattled the, uh, the people of Liverpool. They're pretty strong, though, uh, and uh, they will no doubt be looking to heap praise on uh, the taxi driver, David Perry, who clearly has... Uh, his actions have prevented uh, many more people dying in this incident. Angela. Very quick thinking. Quite the hero. Thanks so much, Hugh. A nine-year-old boy has become the tenth person to die after a crowd crush at a music festival in Houston. Ezra Blunt fell off his father's shoulders during the surge at Astro World and suffered critical injuries when he was trampled on. The child passed away after spending several days on life support. Joe Biden and Xi Jinping will hold a virtual meeting in the coming hours. It's the third meeting between the leaders in recent times. It will focus on cybersecurity, trade and nuclear power. The summit comes as tensions deepen between the US and China over Taiwan's independence. EU officials are right now meeting to decide on new sanctions against Belarus, which stands accused of bringing people from the Middle East to its border with Poland to engineer a migrant crisis. Airlines and travel agents who help lure them there by suggesting they can then cross over into Europe could now also face punishment. And an American journalist has been released from prison in Myanmar just three days after being ordered to serve 11 years behind bars for sedition, terrorism and encouraging dissent. A military court handed down the sentence, making Danny Fenster the first Western journalist to receive the punishment since the coup. But a former US ambassador managed to negotiate his release. He'll be deported and flown back to America. The Queen's health is once again in the spotlight after Her Majesty pulled out of Remembrance Day commemorations in Britain. Buckingham Palace says the 95-year-old sprained her back. Russell Myers is the Royal's editor at the Daily Mirror in the UK. He joins us from Jordan, where he is on tour with the Prince of Wales, Russell. Given Prince Charles went ahead with this tour, can we assume his mother is in good enough spirits for him to leave the country? Yeah, good evening, Angela. I think that's probably a fair assumption that we're all making, uh, having made the journey out to Jordan. We're here for uh, just uh, just short of a week with uh, with Prince Charles and uh, the Duchess of Cornwall. We're travelling to Egypt later. But of course, absolutely uh, devastating news for the Queen, really, having to pull out of the Remembrance Sunday services at the Cenotaph yesterday. And listen, no, no one will be more disappointed than Her Majesty herself. She had really uh, made it a big, big effort to try and be there. She'd had a bit of rest at Sandringham over the last few days and uh, and it was her full intention to go but we understand it's a back strain that kept her out of it but um, I think this is probably going to be part of the cause to be honest because uh, I think the, Her Majesty will be having to step back for some duties. She's had a bit of a uh, a bit of a health scare in the last few weeks and I think that um, you know we, we should expect to see her a lot less in, in, in the future. Yeah. Um, Russell, let's talk about Prince Andrew. We've heard fresh allegations a witness saw him rubbing against Virginia Dufresne on Jeffrey Epstein's island. How significant is this information ahead of the civil trial? Well, potentially huge. I mean, this is, uh, you know, another witness who has come forward, a chap called Steve Scully, who worked at uh, one of Jeffrey Epstein's uh, islands, the one called Little St. James, back in the early 2000s. Now, he has said uh, in several interviews that he 
believes that he saw Virginia Guffray with Prince Andrew. He's certain that that happened around 2001, 2002, that they were fornicating in the pool. He had an exchange of words with him. Now, again, this is a, another major witness come forward. And, uh, and if these people are willing to give evidence in court, this could have huge, huge ramifications for not only uh, Prince Andrew, but indeed the whole royal family. So I think the pressure is certainly on Prince Andrew, it's certainly on the, on the rest of the royals, and uh, everyone will be watching this very, very closely indeed. And the Netflix series, The Crown, very popular. It's proving to be a source of drama beyond the screen. There are reports Netflix could be sued ahead of the new season's release. Well, again, I mean, you know, it's, it's it garnered headlines around the world. Probably uh, the, the royals would rather it didn't exist at this stage. We know the few of them have, have watched it, of course. Prince Harry is probably the, the most notable one that said he'd seen it. But uh, friends of the royals, people connected to them, have apparently sought legal advice about their portrayals within the series. Now, this would potentially extend to the royals themselves. And could you imagine the situation if we saw a raft of lawsuits uh, lodged against the Crown and Netflix? I mean, personally, I don't think it will happen. We won't see it happen with the royals themselves. But it's, uh, it's certainly a possibility for friends of theirs or other people portrayed. So perhaps more, uh, more good publicity for the Crown. I'm sure that they don't mind that we're all talking about it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, between all that is going on and then you've got Prince Harry. He's releasing his book next year. How important is good press to the palace right now, do you think? Well, they can, they'll probably take it with uh, abundance because they've had a real tough time of it and they're much of their own doing. I mean, the, the palace were, uh, were very... Uh, bad in their handling of the Queen's health issues. She had to stay overnight. The Queen did not tell the public, which has caused quite a lot of controversy at, uh, in the UK and around the Commonwealth, to be honest, because uh, I think people do have a right to know, um, even though it is you know, a sensitive medical situation, people will be wondering how the Queen is doing. Obviously, all of our best wishes are with her. So uh, it's, uh, it's from bad to worse for the Palace at the moment, but hopefully you know, a new leaf will be turned. Uh, we'll wait to see what happens in uh, Meghan Markle's court case, which has been absolutely explosive over the last few weeks. But uh, right here, right now, we're concentrating on the tour. And I'm sure for the first tour in two years, everyone's looking forward to it. Yeah, and we know the Queen is made of strong stuff, so hopefully she'll be powering on for a long time yet. Thanks so much, Russell Myers. Thank you. Days after the end of her 13-year conservatorship, Britney Spears' lawyer says she is out for revenge. Entertainment commentator Ross King joins me from Los Angeles. Ross, is this statement referring to her dad or other people? Oh, I think it's referring to quite a few people and her dad very much uh, in the, the crossfire there. She's talked about him publicly before. He's definitely uh, one that she's looking out for. The other members of her family too, her mother, her sister. You also think about the lawyers that are involved, the accountants that are involved. Uh, there's agents, there's managers, there's a lot of people. I think this is very much a warning shot across the bow from the... Uh, from the lawyer who's really been stirring things up. So, Ross, do you think criminal charges could be laid? Oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, back in September when Britney Spears' father wanted the conservatorship to be over then and there, uh, her lawyer was very much against that. He wanted him removed from it, but he also then wanted him removed so then that they could look at the books rather than her father just walking away. Now, there is a temporary conservatorship in place at the moment which involves another accountant. So he's obviously going to be looking at things very closely because there's a lot of money has gone out over the years and a lot of money to a lot of different people. They'll be looking at that very 
closely. And you could end up with a situation where you could have a daughter suing her father. Incredible. Now, the Free Britney movement, it has been around for years. What do you think was the turning point? Why is she finally free? <laughs> well, I think the momentum has been gathering. Really, this all really started around about April 2019. And I've certainly seen the momentum gather. I think in the early days, as far as the conservatorship went, I think you know people really were there trying to help her, but it just went on and on. And then, of course, some of the fans got wind of a few things, and that has built and built. But I definitely think that a couple of the documentaries that we saw, they really were very much a catalyst uh, in terms of moving things forward. And, you know, when I've been down at the courthouse in downtown L.A., you know, the amount of fans that have been there with the banners, with the free Britney signs and T-shirts and glasses and you name it, I have seen that build and build. So now I think, um, you know, they're going to be every bit as much happy as, as Britney herself is. So how does life change for Britney now? Hmm. Well, you know, she did say it's best day ever she said i think i'm going to cry for the for the rest of the day and of course she now does have that freedom of course she's in a steady relationship with sam does it mean marriage does it mean the possibility of more children she talked about that she turns 40 in december so there's so much ahead of her at the moment um but i think the one thing for her at the moment is just to take stock just to make sure that she's healthy and also to realize that she now has got a life to lead mm, i guess the big question for her fans do you think she's going to make a comeback as a musician <laughs> Well, of course, the great thing is here in America, it's very different to Australia and Britain. You know, we have our tall poppy syndrome. We build people up and chop them down. Whereas here, they build them up, then they, they let them go down, but then they love them to come back. They love a comeback here like no other country in the world. And if Britney did come back, it just would be absolutely sensational. For her, there could be no better time to release an album, to go out on tour. The amount of money she can make is absolutely endless. And I've interviewed her so many times over the years, and I'd love to sit down with her and just find out where exactly she's at at the moment, because there has never been a better time. But you know what? Maybe she's thinking, I'm just going to go and get married. I'm going to have another child. Maybe she wants to step back. Maybe she has realised the time she's been away from it because of course as we know she was a child star but I also think what is interesting is that this has shone such a light on conservatorships here in California and in the US so there really could be a lot of changes because as we know conservatorships were set up it was basically to help people who couldn't help themselves mm. this has changed a lot of things so not only could we see Britney making a change in the world of music but also in the world of conservatorships too yeah we wish her well okay thanks so much Ross King it's been four years since we last saw Adele on stage and what a comeback she's made. The British singer performed in a TV special which also featured a sit-down interview with Oprah. She spoke candidly about divorce, motherhood, giving up alcohol and losing 45 kilograms. Tonight we can bring you a sneak peek of the first live performance of her new track, Easy On Me. What a show. Adele One Night Only airs this Sunday on Channel 7 at 7pm and can be streamed live on 7+. Thank you for your company this evening from the team here at 7 News. That is the latest. I'm Angela Cox. Good night. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.